joined as always by matt chamberlain how you doing matt it's great i've been playing a lot of basketball recently getting on the court that's that's great because i haven't been playing any basketball (laughs) but then we get to come back here and talk about it too yeah i'm super excited also i haven't told you this matt we've reached over a thousand downloads yeah we have yeah we're uh almost yeah we're uh, over a thousand downloads, so thank you so much for listening and downloading our podcast and listening to us rant about the NBA for an hour for forty-four episodes so far. So far, um, today we continue our division breakdown. But first, let me remind you to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod and follow us on Instagram as well at uh, Couch GM Podcasts. Uh, make sure to check us out on any of your podcast platform of choice and give us a rating and review we'd greatly appreciate that matt what happened in episode 44 that people need to know about so we focused on the central division breaking it down um so that was chicago and their potential cleveland's rebuild detroit's kind of an oddball squad that they they got going on there indiana and their season kind of hinging on victor oladipo and his comeback and then milwaukee trying to take that championship step this upcoming season. And what are we going to be talking about this episode, Matt? Maybe the most fun division, at least the most headline-worthy division, the Pacific. Yeah, so, got all these California teams. They, there's a lot of teams out here that, that have championship aspirations, so this will be fun. Again, in case you haven't been with us um, for the last couple of division breakdowns, we're examining these teams' current rosters, we're given broad projections and outlooks for them and then point out some notable or breakout players and situations, assuming no more major injuries. So, for example, when we go to talk about Golden State, since Clay Thompson is hurt, we have to factor in his current injury, but we're not assuming anything further to anyone else on this roster. So let's get into it. Golden State, first of all, going alphabetically again. So last season, 57-25, and 25, pretty good. Pretty good. Not good enough to win the championship, though. Not quite. Uh, well... Maybe, <laughs> but, uh, but they didn't win it. So Western Conference Finals champions, but doesn't really mean a lot. Not going to hoist a banner for that. What this team is looking like this year in terms of roster, this actually isn't going to sound that good after the uh, the star players. So starting lineup right now is going to look something like Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Alfonso McKinney, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. You can okay. live with that, yeah. you know. But then, woo. Uh, <laughs> so, they have no one else on this team that can really handle the ball. Um, so, right now, I've slotted Jordan Poole, their first-round pick from this year, as their backup point guard. He's not really a point guard, but we're going to put him there just because we need someone to fill the gap. And I'm sure this will come more to staggering Steph and D'Lo, but... Mm. Uh, a pool in a pinch can play point guard. So pool is the only real backup point guard in this roster. And then in terms of two guards, they, they got Alec Burks to decommit from the thunder, come over as well as Jacob Evans, um, their first round pick from last year. They went out and signed Glenn Robinson, the third, um, as their backup small forward. Clay Thompson will obviously take over the starting role when he comes back. But for now he's out. They have Eric Paschal and Alan Smilajic. Um, who they both drafted in the second round as their backup power forwards. I think Pascal will be the better player right away. 
Smilovic might be the better player long term, but Pascal is ready to contribute tomorrow. So that was a good pick in the second round. And in terms of backup centers behind Kevon Looney, you'll ha you went out and got Willie Colley Stein, which for a minimum, I actually think is a good backup situation mm -hmm. to have. Still yep. develop him. Then you traded for Omari Spellman. You dumped Damian Jones on the Hawks. Really just a bad big man switch. Um, but Spellman can theoretically shoot. So maybe you're looking for a little more offensive creation considering the second unit's garbage. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of it. So then that gets us to what are we looking at for, uh, for this team? Because team is a loose word to use with Gold State uh, right now. Steph Curry and co. Yeah. I mean, they're still making the playoffs because Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Yes. But <laughs> it, this is not a 57-win team anymore. No, unfortunately not. This, I mean, this is a far cry from the Kevin Durant superpower team they had just one season ago, right? Like, it's oh, crazy yeah. to see how much roster change has come. Um I mean, we've talked a lot about the D'Angelo Russell sign-and-trade to get him. They say they're going to keep him from the long term, but, like, okay. NBA uh, we'll long-term now is, like, a year. Yeah. <laughs> so. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see, but uh, I, I'm, I think they're one of the most fascinating teams to watch this next season just because of the Steph Curry-D'Angelo Russell pairing and to see how he progresses. Willie Cauley-Stein was also a lottery pick. He was. He was top 10 pick. And um, he's no longer with the Kings, who's a, a division rival, and he kind of had some words on his way out. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting He wants a big contract yeah. eventually, yeah. right? So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays, too. Um, they're really still really high on Kevon Looney, too. I mean, they re-signed him for a really good deal, only like a three for 15. Yeah. So I think that was actually a bargain to get him to, to stay at that number. Poor guy's has his whole contract's having to go to Bay Living yeah, I know, housing. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Um, so you you do like getting some backup depth there at the big man position because um, he has had hip injuries. Yeah. That's probably what really contributed to him not getting as much money as maybe he would have liked. Um, maybe he did have better offers out there, but he didn't want to leave Golden State, which I'd understand that also. Um, but I think, like you mentioned, the bigger point is the Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell backcourt wing play. Like, that's what's going to decide if this team actually going to be like a three or four seed, or are they going to be more like a five, six, seven range? Because they, they shouldn't fall below seven, um, yeah. realistically. But, you know, what to what end of the scale they're at really depends on, like, how well those two can mesh together. Can they basically combine to score 60 points a game is is that like super unrealistic saying combined for that much that could mean like steph going for 32 and d'lo going for 28 a game like that could happen um and then draymond got his extension so maybe he's a little extra motivated knowing he's taken care of um by this franchise which also side note i think getting draymond at four for 100 is not a bad deal I mean, yeah, you're not getting him for the max, right? Yeah. Oh, he took way less. So, um, I mean, good for him. Um, uh, good for Golden State to get that. And it obviously gives him a long-term contract. Mm -hmm. um, he's a little bit older. He's, what, 28 now, 29? so, yeah. Um, so this is probably his last big contract, if you want to think about it that way. Um, but, I, I mean, like, it makes sense. It doesn't give any confusion about going into this year are they going to trade Dray draymond excuse me are they not um i mean like he's there for the next four years 
and for him, I think I saw a report like he actually had a player option on the last year of that deal. So, and assuming it's an ascending contract, like that last year is gonna be something like 27, 28 million dollars. So for some reason he's had like a great stint and he thinks he can get another longish term big money deal. Um, he could do that, he could opt out and, and go do that, or he knows he's not worth that much, he could just opt into it. Um, yeah. Like a lot of bigs we saw this off season. So he's got some options, but also some security for a little bit extra than he had coming into this. So overall, probably a win-win, and he's at least a fan favorite. So you still have that no matter what. Yeah, I mean, you gotta pay for this arena somehow, right? Yeah, so you gotta get some familiar faces in there. Exactly. So it's not that Golden State isn't interesting. It's just as of right now, with that, with the clay injury and this team obviously losing KD, like we're just not sure what they're gonna look like. So there's only so much we can say without just like wild predictions. And for right now, let's just keep the predictions safe with them. Somewhere between a three and a seven, probably more like four and seven. But temper your expectations. Um, seeing a lot of fan, people probably going to jump off that bandwagon this year. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be wearing a Clippers jerseys this I year, I would right? say, speaking of the next team. Um, <laughs> so the LA Clippers last season went 48 and 34. Um, got that eight seed in the playoffs. Um, lost to Golden State, but in a respectable six-game series. So you felt pretty good about that. But this team looking way different than it was last year, obviously. So the starting lineup will look something like Pat Beverly, Landry Shamit, Kawhi, Paul George, and Zubach. Which I, I'm assuming Paul George is going to be back by about the beginning of the season. Yeah. There's obviously reports like he might not be, but... Since it's 50-50, we'll throw him in the starting lineup for right now. So, yeah, that's a crushing starting lineup. Oh, um, I mean, that's like a... I mean, three of those guys are all defensive yeah. like, team team guys. And then the fact that like, you can bring in more offense or different types of players at other positions, too, is amazing. So, like, your backup point guard's probably like Lou Will. Um, at this point, your backup uh, wings would be Rodney Magruder, Mo Harkless, Jerome Robinson, and Terrence Mann. And then your backup bigs would be Jamichael Green. I'm putting Patrick Patterson on here. It's not official, but Patrick Patterson. Uh, Montrez Harrell and Fundu Kavangele, their first round pick this year. Like there's just depth at every single position um, on this roster. And I think that's incredible to have the stars you have and the depth and specialists you have. I mean, like, this is one of the best rosters in the league, like, hands down. Like, thinking about switching, like, having this, like, whatever you want in the lineup at the time you can have. Like, if you want, okay, if you want someone who's a little bit more bouncy at your big position at your center, like, okay, then you can get Montrez Harrell in there. Um, or if you're wanting, like, someone who can defend the rim a little bit more, like, Zubach is your guy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's just you crazy. Want more, yeah, you want, like, another scoring guy in the backcourt, you could have Lou Will and Landry Shamit in the backcourt. You want a super long defensive backcourt, you could go Pat Beverly, Rodney Magruder, or Mo Harkless even. Like, he theoretically could play the two. Like, you just have options you can form around your stars depending on how they're playing or how they want it. And the crazy thing is, like, if you think about it, like, Kawhi Leonard, like, if Kawhi Leonard wants to take a night off, like, he has wanted in the past, like, yeah. entering Mo Harkless into that starting lineup isn't the worst thing in the world. No, like, Mo Harkless is, like, a good NBA player, and, like, between just the team 
you have, and if Paul George, for example, was playing in that game, you should still have a somewhat reasonable expectation you're going to win that game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like you can rest your stars either at the same time or, or switching who's who's starting and then who's resting. You can just bring in all kinds of different lineups. And that's why they're they're a top three team in the West, maybe even the league. Um, that gets into more some in-depth rankings because we do need to see it gel. We do need yeah. to see Paul George, Kawhi Leonard playing together and, again, playing, not through injuries. Yeah. That'd be nice. Um, but definitely a top three team in the West. Like To me, like that's kind of like their like floor. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know how, I just don't, I don't see this team being a big bust, um, but I didn't see Boston being, like, yeah, good point. less than, like, a 50-win team last year, so you're right, you're absolutely nailed it on the head, like, they, they have to figure it out, but you're assuming Kawhi Leonard picked this destination, Paul George essentially picked this desti- destination, uh, there shouldn't be any grumpiness or unhappiness with this mm-hmm. team. Yeah, and so part of it's really just assuming like everything does come together. It's just how long until it comes together, like get through the awkward phase of like, where do you want the ball? Like, what are your best spots? Like, where do you want to catch it? Like those type of things. If that's situated, figured out by game 10, like watch out. <laughs> yeah. If, if it takes till game 25 or 30, which it's like reasonable for it to do that, because that even happened with like LeBron James when he joined the Heat. Like it just, it just happens when you form these type of teams. That's okay too. They'll, they'll still probably win like fifty-five games. Yeah, and you know maybe it affects their playoff seating, but they're still a top-tier team. Yeah. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if their record isn't quite as good as they actually are come playoff time. Just want to throw that out there, um, along with like the load management for the stars, which you brought up. Like, how do you? How many games? Assuming Kawhi is like actually healthy, and he's just load managing. How many games do you think he's actually playing this year? So there's 82 games in NBA season. Um, I'd put them about 60. I'll say I think I think that's a 65. good 65. Yeah, and even with Paul George, I would probably keep him around 62. Like, what's the point of like? Okay, you might like get like in the in the in the West, it's going to be competitive, but you feel really good about your backups. That's why you have depth. So you guys can sit those guys, but you can also like alternate them and yeah. still feel really good about it. And if you don't feel like there's a hyper elite team in the West, like how we've had Golden State the last several years, that like in a borderline down year, Golden State won 57 games this year. So like, if you don't feel like there's another team like that, you are pretty much it. Then like maybe you're okay saying like, we're gonna get to 55 wins. Whatever seed that gets us is what it gets us. And we're just gonna roll with it. Like, I think that's okay. So you're right. Probably at 60, 65 win. Or not wins, but game total. Yeah. It's probably about right for what these guys are going to do this year. And that's okay. I mean, I'm fine with that. I don't know if the league or fans would be fine with that, yeah. but I'm fine with that. As long as it's not like Christmas Day. Yeah. If they, if they sit on Christmas Day, Adam Silver might like riot. Man, well, that'd be the biggest like screw you to the league. <laughs> like, you can't make us do anything. They don't even show up for the game. They're just at home unwrapping That's gifts funny. with their family. That'd be so, so bomb to me. Um, let's move on to their, the other LA team. The Lakers. team that uh, is uh, perpetually talked about because everyone loves to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Whether you actually love the team or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think this is the most, second most fascinating team to yeah. me in the league. Uh, or, well, first? not in the league. Well, in this division. Uh, to me, it's Sacramento. 
Hmm. We'll get to them in a minute, but let's talk about the Lakers. So last season, not the year they wanted, um, to say the least. I don't think 37 wins um, is what they had in mind. I think that's what they had in mind for like the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not what happened, to say the least. So yeah, 37-45 last year, missed the playoffs. Um, obviously towards the end of the year, they weren't really trying anymore. Um, but they wouldn't have made the playoffs regardless. So their starting lineup with their uh, series of new acquisitions, this team is going to look very different. Um, all they did is bring, bring back some guys. Starting lineup should look something like Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, LeBron, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. Assuming Cousins is back and ready, which I think he will be. He said he, he should be um, by the start of the season. That would leave your backups as... Quinn Cook and Alex Caruso at point guard, Avery Bradley and Troy Daniels at shooting guard, KCP and their second round draft pick Taylor Horton Tucker at the small forward position, Kyle Kuzma and Jared Dudley at power forward, and then you have JaVale McGee at center. So actually not like a bad assemblance of talent behind the starters, but you're also banking on three of the five starters who may or may not be good being good. Yeah. So, I don't know about that. It does make you wonder um, how exactly this is all going to turn out. I Just to be like quite honest, I don't think this team is going to get where it wants to be. And that's being in, in playing in June for the championship. Like yeah. in its current state, as we are speaking right now, on August what is it the sixth fifth um this team to me is not a championship contending team no is it is it to you i i would say no uh, i would say this team is probably still top half of the west yeah um maybe like in that four three or four slot just depending um on games one versus like actual talent and like like we mentioned the clippers like how good are they actually um but i agree i think they're maybe just a little on the outside of real championship contention and you're right maybe there there is a move in the next six months that gets them to where they want to be but as of right now like part of me just says like i don't know if your back starting backcourt can be rajon rondo and danny green and you win a championship yeah i mean that's it's gonna be tough like uh i mean rajon rondo has like gotten teams to championship but that was what Ten years ago. Ten years ago now. Um, Danny Green, obviously a key point in the Raptors championships and the Spurs championship runs. But, like, he's also older now. Yeah. Like, he and got played. He was, he was inconsistent in that finals. Yeah, oh. that's, a, that's something else. We've seen the Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousin pairing work when DeMarcus Cousins was healthy. What's it going to look like when he's not healthy? Yeah. Coming uh, off his Achilles, coming off his quad. And, like, LeBron James, of course, is going to be a LeBron James. I'm not discounting him from this conversation entirely. I think still they haven't really done a great job of supporting LeBron in terms of the backups. Like, is Quinn Cook and Avery Bradley really going to work playing 15 to 20 minutes a game? You know, Parmi says, like, that's an okay backup point guard, shooting guard, if your starters were better. But it's not. It's not, to me... Compared to like the the Clippers, like Lou Will and Rodney Magruder might be your backup one and two in this situation. Like that's far and away better than the backup situation backcourt for the Lakers. 
That's yeah. the type of guys they would need to me for their backups to like balance out like their starting uh, backcourt not being quite as good as you would want. I think at some point Anthony Davis and the Los, Ang- Los Angeles Lakers in general are going to realize that he just has to start at five. He's been yeah. very vocal about not wanting to play the five. He's just flat out going to have to play the five for this team to be good. That'd be moving Kuzma then into the starting lineup. Yeah. And I mean, it does probably deplete your bench a little more then because, I mean, Cousins and McGee can't play the four at all. Right. So your backup four then might, it's either Jared Dudley or LeBron on staggered minutes with those starters. So, and like, that's okay. It's just, you got to play it well. And you do have to get through the regular season. Right. Or if you don't care about it, yeah. which I know like four, no, straight up, all five <laughs> guys in the starting lineup do not care about it. Um, you have to get through it. Like you have to get to the playoffs. Right. So yes, when it comes playoff time, it might just be the starting five plus Kuzma. I don't, I don't even know, KCP and Quinn Cook. Like that just might be like your playoff eight. But, like, you've got to get to the playoffs. So, that's, yeah. a, that's a dilemma. Yeah. I mean, like, I, if Avery Bradley can give you production, that's great. He hasn't really done that in the last couple years. The last couple years. KCP, if he can give you production, great. But he was out of the rotation a lot yeah. last year. Underwhelming. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, he was hot and cold last year, but that was the entire team as well. Um is Alex Crusoe one of the best <laughs> backups yeah. on this team? He's he's like actually kind of good at basketball. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I would take Alex Crusoe over Avery Bradley, but I'm not saying I would take Avery Bradley over Alex Crusoe <laughs> either. So that tells um, you everything you need yeah. to know. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if he's playing like five to ten minutes a game for that team. Um, and then he just plays well, and you're like, we can't not play this guy. Um, so yeah, like there are some like weird little aspects to this roster, but you know, it, it's something like when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, like you just say like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And maybe that's the wrong or right strategy, depending on who you ask, but it, it seems to be the one they're going with. And okay. And like you said, like this probably isn't the done team anyway, like the complete finished, this is our roster anyway. So it's just the starting the year roster. Well, I mean... We'll get around to it whenever we get into the midseason like stuff podcast down the road in December. I just don't know who they're trading on this team to get yeah. other talent. But it, it I it's mean, like you traded like all your draft picks, yeah, like all your assets you had drafted. It's like everything you would want to trade is now in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck. Like I don't know who wants to take on. Like I guess Kyle Kuzma is a piece you could. Maybe get off, uh, maybe Wait, trade. Like but, salary wise, like he doesn't compensate well at all because he was a late first round pick. Right. So like you gotta attach him to someone who has money, like KCP, Avery Bradley. Like that's not a lot of money. Yeah. Like it's all in your starting lineup. So like is Danny Green getting shipped out? He and he chose here. That'd be a really like damaging move to like Danny Green's career, but also like I'm sure he'd be like. This is not what I signed up for. I'm right. not going to Phoenix or wherever, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fascinating situation. That's why I think they're the second most fascinating team in the division. Um, but this next team we're about to talk about. They're not most so, laughable. Yeah. They're like the, I mean, like they're the Knicks 
during the Knicks of the West. Um, so that's Phoenix. So last season they went 19 and 63. That's amazing. That's not good. Um, got the sixth pick in the draft um, <laughs> also. Which and then just got worked by Minnesota uh, in the draft as so well. Good. Um, so their starting lineup, actually like I don't hate their starting lineup like at all. Um, starting lineup is going to be Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, Dario Sarch, and DeAndre Ayton. Okay. So I like, mean, I like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not a playoff starting lineup, but like, that's a that's a good starting lineup. Um, I would say it's not bottom five in the league. I mean, after that, it gets really dicey again. Um, notice the theme with teams that we're not super high on. They don't <laughs> have great depth. Um, so their backup point guard situation, something I don't know who it's going to be exactly, but they have Javon Carter, who they acquired from Memphis, um, as well as Ty Jerome, who they drafted. Um, late in the first round. Their backup two guards are going to be something like Tyler Johnson and then Jalen LeCue, um, an undrafted rookie who actually had a second round, like a higher second round grade for me, um, but didn't get drafted. You have Mikhail Bridges, your like number 10 pick from last year as your backup three, and Cam Johnson, your number 11 <laughs> pick from this year. Um, again, you drafted a number 11, and I don't think he's in your starting or your backup rotation, so that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> You went out and signed Frank Kaminsky for like $5 million um, sure, to be a backup not? power forward. And then uh, you have Aaron Baines, who you acquired from Boston in a money dump move for Boston whenever you were trying to money dump. <laughs> After <laughs> um, you had just money dumped, who did they trade? Warren. That's right. To yeah. Indiana. Clear up so, space for Aaron Baines. Sure. That's great. And then you signed Czech Diallo from New Orleans. So projections outlook for this team. I say tank. But clearly by their starting lineup, they're not trying to tank again. There's a lot of good it did in last year. I don't know. Like, <laughs> this team has failed to just absolutely failed to build around Devin Booker. Yeah. Like, Ricky Rubio, you went out and paid, on average, $17 million a year, too. I, I actually like bringing back Oubre. Yeah. Like, you got him at, like, $15 million a year. I think that's, a, like, a pretty good number. I liked that. I liked what I saw from him at the end of last season once he got out of Washington. Um, and you went from one dumpster fire to the other, but it's all right. Um, he looked better in Phoenix. Again, Saric, that was part of the Minnesota Cam Johnson draft pick thing. Yeah. But I don't hate getting him. I don't, I don't love the whole situation that he came from, but okay, getting him, seeing what he's got for a year before he hits um, free agency next summer. Okay, and then you drafted Aiden, which, again, we talked, harped on. Like, we didn't like that as the number one pick last year. They did it anyway um, because the University of Arizona is a thing. <laughs> but, like, I don't I don't totally hate it, but I don't love it either, considering how bad you've been. Yeah. You should have come away with more than what you've come away with. It's, yeah. like, the bottom line point, whether that's starters or backups or whatever. Like, you just have better assets than you have. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. I mean, like, it just feels like this team has been in this rut since, what, like, 2010? It's like they've had, like, a random spot good year, and, like, all of a sudden they thought they were good. And it's like, no, that they proved to be a fluke, and everyone knew it. And that was, like, when they had, like, 15 point guards on their roster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's but, right. But, like, it, ever since then, it's just pretty much been like this. Like, what do we have? And they like, no one can answer that question. Where Where are we going? I don't know. Yeah. But basketball. Yeah, but basketball. I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, they've is essentially it's been a rotating front office. It's been a rotating yeah. coaching uh, with that. Like, 
it, every front office wants its own coach. So there's been a rotating coach. So like yep. Devin Booker has had a new coach essentially every year he's been in the NBA. That's amazing. Um, which is insane. Like just the like stupid, like I, why Devin Booker signed an extension with them is beyond me. Like I would want out. I would demand, demand do, a do trade. Do the Paul George thing. Yeah. Sign the big deal, get as much money as you can, and then demand a gone. trade. I mean, maybe that's what his plan is this this year. Um, and maybe that would be the best thing for Phoenix because they just can't seem to get their ducks yeah. in a row. Yeah, probably, honestly. What are you watching for this year from Phoenix? Because we know they're tanking. We know they're going to be bad. So it's really two things, and it's the biggest parts of the team. So one, is Devin Booker a leader? Like, yeah, they went and got Rubio to be like – the guy who can help control the pace and everything, but like Devin Booker as a leader on the court, off the court, and meshing with this group because I think they want to build with like him and Kelly Oubre as like the wings yeah. on this team. So I'd really like to see some development there um, with Booker. But then also, and there's a lot of young guys on that um, team too, wh- between even Javon Carter, Ty Jerome, Bridges, LeCue, Cam Johnson, Kaminsky is still younger, like Diallo is still younger. Um, Sarich is still younger. Like this is a young roster. Devin Booker is just as old as any of them. But okay, well, someone's got to be a leader on this team. So I'd love for him to be that. Yeah. Um, whatever way, shape, or form that that comes about. But be a leader, um, not a Kyrie type leader. Like a Marcus Smart type leader. Right. And then the other big thing is DeAndre Ayton's development. Yeah. Uh, like obviously, I said didn't like to pick. Like he's a top five guy for me, but he was not number one. Um, Right at the end of the year, like you saw some semblance of defensive like acumen with him. So if like he can prove to be like a halfway decent, almost league average defensive player, I think that'd be like a huge step for them. And then like if by year three, like he's at least an average NBA defender for a big man, like to me that'd be huge because he's a big guy. He moves pretty well. Like he showed yep. like a decent ability to like run the floor or um and he showed like great footwork like on the offensive end, but then on defense it's like his feet were glued to the floor. Yeah. Like it's it just didn't translate to the other side. And it's probably because he's just been always been bigger than everyone his entire life. He's never really had to play defense or like learn how to play defense. Right. And he's admitted that too. So can like he actually become like a good defensive player, whether that's on the perimeter or at least just protecting the room without fouling because if he can do that and keep getting better offensively which is where he's actually good like that's a really good nba player like in theory his track is joel Embiid, but he doesn't have to miss a year and a half right because um, due to injuries so i would say like that's probably like his his high-end ceiling but like it's not out of the realm of possibility after that first year but he's obviously nowhere the defender joel is um, on the inside. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, he, like, if you're right, like, if he becomes, like, an elite rim protector, but then can also cover the pick and roll pretty well, like, this, yeah. uh, that would be a game changer for Phoenix in a way that, like, would put this team more in the 20 to 30 win frame than the 19 or less frame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it, it's going to be interesting, like, Devin Booker, we know he can score, but what can Mikael Bridges do? What can is Cam Johnson? Is he gonna play? Is yeah. Tyler Johnson gonna play? Like who? Like is Ty Jerome? Like is he gonna need to be a thing? 
Because, like, what if Rubio goes out? Is that, like, what does that leave you in your point guard position yeah, and all be, that stuff? That would be, like, to me, like, Tyler Johnson would probably bump up to the starter. Yeah. And then you move Cam Johnson or Ty Drum off the deep bench into the rotation. So, like, but, like, you're right. Like, there are serious questions. But, like, I'm starting to see a path for this team. But, and we've talked about this with a few other teams that are, that are lowly um, teams in the NBA. If their expectations get too high too fast, then you start seeing teams do dumb things. And I'd really like for Phoenix really just to truly embrace where they are, which is Booker, Oubre, Aiton, will evaluate Saric and Bridges, and but Booker, Oubre, Aiton, let's see what we got going forward. And, you know, you may end up having something. It may not look like a ton of wins this year or really even beyond 30 wins next year, but, like, there could be, like, a path. Right, here right. Before Devin Booker starts asking for a trade, which I mean you, uh, could happen. That the timer has been ticking for a long time. It has, it has. Um, but on some level, he's probably like, "Where would I want to go? That would trade for me." And maybe there's not that team yet. But George had to wait a year in OKC, and the team opened up. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it, anybody will do anything to get wing talent and the current NBA and with his scoring ability, who knows? Yeah. So now your most interesting team in this division, apparently Sacramento. Yeah. So last year, the, the Cinderella team went 39 and 43. Um, and honestly, they probably could have won a couple extra games, but by the end of the year, they were trying to help the draft position. Um, starting lineup is going to look pretty similar to last year with De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, and starting center will probably be Dwayne Dedmond, who they went and got in free agency. And their backups will look something like Corey Joseph and Yogi Ferrell at point guard, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Jerome James at the shooting guard position, Trevor Reza, because he's on this team now, um, <laughs> Tyler Lydon at small forward, Namaji Bialitsa and Caleb Swan again at power forward, and then Harry Giles and your boy Rashawn Holmes My at God. center um, for this team. So... Again, they're probably about in the same spot they were last year. Yeah. Trying, like, from the outside, looking uh, inward to push for the playoffs. And then probably just hoping for another Anthony Davis-type situation where, like, a team falls out that shouldn't fall out. And you're like, hey, maybe we could take their spot. Yeah. That's probably still where this team is. And so that might be a little disappointing if, like, they still only win, like, 39 or 40 games. But this team, like, we had started mentioning Phoenix. Like, there's a path. Like, you can see what is reasonably coming for this team in, like, a positive way. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you look at Phoenix and Sacramento, they're not that far apart. Like, De'Aaron Fox, Devin Booker. Yeah. We didn't love the Marvin Bagley pick. We didn't love the DeAndre Payton. Yeah. De- DeAndre Aiden pick. It's just, like, Sacramento had a semblance of something when those guys came in. So, mm-hmm. like, they had the ability. And De'Aaron Fox, by the way, took one of the m- biggest steps last he year. He did. Um, he was insanely good. Like, he's so much fun to watch. And this team was a lot of fun to watch, too, because they just pushed the pace all the time. And it was awesome. Buddy Hield was great again. Um, I just think it's going to be what, like, what, what does Harrison Barnes really give you? And can he continually play the three, or does he have to play the four? Because that's going to mess with Marvin Bagley playing the four, four. or the five. I'll say because I like Barnes more at the four. Um, yeah. Straight up. But that would mean Bagley would have to play the five. And right now, as of last year, he didn't seem ready to play the five. Um, 
but he didn't seem ready to play the four either. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, he just seemed like a basketball player out there. So you're right. Like for this year, they're like, this is probably about what this team's going to be though. Um, of course, like we said, like moving Bagley down to five, Barnes down to four, and then Bogdanovich is on his last year. So bringing him back um, for the following seasons um, would be nice as like you're starting three. Yeah. And like, there again, there's a, a good team there then um, that you've built from the inside moving out. But I, I don't know if that'll be reality because like the biggest thing is Bagley's development um, and all this is like, is he just a stretch four? Or can he like actually be a five who can like somewhat protect the rim and just command the glass or do like the Brooke Lopez thing and like box out the other team's best rebounder and let deer and Fox grab seven rebounds a game. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that would be, I mean, like I, I really, I really love De'Aaron Fox. I really love buddy healed too. Um, I'm coming around on the Marvin Bagley train I mean, show, bandwagon. Showed flashes. Showed flashes. He's he was really fun out in the open court, and sometimes yeah. he, when he ran transition, um, their center position is actually really deep. Like I kind of like their center position, which is odd to say. I don't really care for most center uh, groups. Uh, not that saying they're bad people or whatever, no, no. but just like um, Dwayne Dedman. A good player yeah harry giles can be a good player rashawn holmes shown flashes yeah like I, I it's just like one of those things that there's consistency on some end but then there's potential like right. on the other so it's like depending on what you're looking to throw out there you can throw it out there yeah um from like a somewhat traditional five group but then deadman's developed the three so he can shoot it too when you need that. and i also like luke walton as coming in as their head mm-hmm. coach um he's gonna yeah that's a thing (laughs) he's gonna yeah uh, he's gonna bring um some fun to this group and i think he's gonna be able to coach these guys up um and hopefully get them to a point because he likes playing fast as well getting in transition um and that's gonna help these young guys really kind of figure out where they are in the league Mm. um but what i mean like what do you think i'm high on sacramento i'm still thinking the win total is gonna be something like 40 um 42 yeah just I you know probably like who who are they better than, and and when you start doing that like the list is like not terribly long in the West. Um, of course, like there's the bottom feeders like Phoenix, but even so, like you start getting into like that Dallas New Orleans range, and you're like I think Sacramento's better, but I'm like not a hundred percent sure that they're better. Um, part of it's just because I'm not fully sure what those other teams are going to look like. Um, Cause New Orleans like just turned over like 90% of the roster <laughs> and Dallas is hopefully going to have a healthy Kristaps Porzingis. And you're like, well, can I really pick them over those teams? Right. Like maybe if I'm just trying to be super conservative in it, yes. But in all actuality, when before the season starts, I actually sit down to like give predictions. I don't know. And so that's why like, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the eighth team to make the playoff. But even so, like, then you're fighting, like, San Antonio. Yeah. And I'm not going to bet against San Antonio to, to miss the playoffs um, again. So, yeah, probably it's, it's tough. I'm wondering if, like, they do take another step, but their win total doesn't. Mm, and yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with them. Yeah. I've also, like, heard this idea thrown out there that, like, Buddy Heald 
like is this his the time he's most valuable so yeah. should you take like advantage of that yeah. so he's extension eligible yeah um because he's going into his last year he's probably looking at something like five i mean if he wants a five-year deal because he is older um like he could be getting something like five for 170 so like if you're sacramento and you're like i'm not sure i want to pay buddy healed that then yeah you need to probably look to trade him like now yeah but if you're comfortable with that and you're or you're really saying like i'm ready to like ride this out and see how it goes this year and then we'll figure it out at the end of the season okay but you're betting on either him being good and you're willing to pay him or if he's not so good you can get him on a somewhat more reasonable deal now what that number exactly is i'm not sure um but i wouldn't be surprised if buddy healed's next contract is something like five for 150 i mean it's not crazy like i mean guys who can shoot threes get yeah. paid all right yeah. like it's... he's a pretty good defender especially in a team construct he's a decent rebounder um for his position he knows his role like there, there's something to be said about that yeah i mean like dudes get paid in the nba who can so. shoot the ball really well um why well, I me mean, like i i'm high on dr fox what do you think of dr fox Oh, yeah, he's, like, one of my favorite players in the league. Um, oh, my gosh, he's so much fun. Like, he just is. Um, and, the fact, like, you saw the step. You saw, like, him, like, progress. Um, a new coach does worry me a little bit just because, like, he had a good thing going, and we messed it up um, with that coach. But that doesn't mean he couldn't keep getting better. For him, it's the three-point shooting Yeah. Um, at this point now because he's incredibly fast. Transition game's great. He got better at finishing, although he could still be better um, at finishing around the rim um, in the NBA, which is a tough thing for, for skinny point guards, but you know, Small, he's working on it. Small, skinny yeah. point guards. Um, so really it's three-point shooting just consistently off the catch, and then finishing um, more consistently on the rim is like the next things I want to see out of him. And then better defense. He's pretty good at getting steals just because he is super fast. Swipe up. But... Uh, just more good defense consistently, not just yeah. steals defense, because yeah. that's not necessarily defense. <laughs> um, that's just gambling, which he's really good at. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, there's like some little steps they could take that are reasonable that could play a huge impact though in his development, because he's getting close to being a top ten point guard in the NBA, which is crazy. Like it didn't seem like that after when his he rookie was, year. Yeah, after his rookie year, and like he's been incredible sense um i'm really excited about sacramento but i'm worried uh like you kind of nailed it on the head there where like they might take a step but they might also lose like five more games yeah and it's just because the west is what it is yeah and sometimes it's just hard to understand like progression without the win total matching it right stuff and so then last last question here um we've been throwing this out at the end of every one of these so betting over under this division three and a half playoff teams that's tough so it's literally your opinion of sacramento yeah, it is um because um, you're assuming golden state's gonna make it in yeah they're somehow some way gonna will themselves in of course the two la teams assuming again we're assuming no huge injuries they should make it in pretty yep. easily phoenix lol um, <laughs> so yeah sacramento I'm going to go with the over. This is the Woo! first time I've gone with the over, but I, I'm going to stick with my boys. I've been I've been high about them since, like, December of last year. I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to roll with right. them. Okay. I respect it. I'm going under, but um, it's not because I don't want to go over. Yeah. I want them to be good, but I just don't know if they're ready yet. 
So I'll take the under on that. Um, we disagree again um, on That's the like over-under. the second one we I think so. Out. Yes, two out of the four. I like that. Um, so that's the last bit for this week, um, this this coming week. We'll throw out the last two. So we'll get to the Southeast and the Eastern Conference. Not a terribly fun um, oh, division because um, there's a lot of bad teams. But is that the Charlotte division? Yeah, it oh is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. Um, and then we'll finish it up with um, a, maybe the most fascinating um, division in the league, which is the Southwest that's like the Rockets, Spurs, Mavs, Grizzlies, and Pelicans. Um, so we uh, we've, we're four divisions down, two to go, and uh, I think we're we're doing pretty good, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, basketball can't get here soon enough. Feels like it, God. I mean, like camp's gonna be starting what in September, mid September? Uh, I think so. So we're we got like USA camps going on right yeah. now and stuff. That's not quite as fun. Uh, everyone's out of that. No one cares. Half the team's Boston. <laughs> yeah, no joke. It's like Kimba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Anybody else? From Mark Boston? Smart. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So far. I mean, they haven't announced the final team yet, but. So what you're saying is if USA wins the. I need Mark Smart on this team, <laughs> by the way. I need him just, like, pesky, like, going, like, bonkers and like, some Croatian dude. Like, it's like, who the heck is this? <laughs> some poor dude's not going to know what's coming. Like, the point guard guy like, can't get the ball across half court. And, like, Marcus Marsh just, like, learns Croatian, like, learns how to, like, curse in Croatian and just, like, yelling at him. Like, that's just, like, everything I need right now to Man, get me through. that was awesome. We're going to have to talk about Carmel Anthony at some point. Yeah, I guess. Do we? I guess we don't have to. the Houston category. Yeah, I guess. Nah. Uh, we might not talk about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, we're, this is not a pro Carmelo Anthony podcast. Ooh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, that's enough for episode uh, forty-five. Thank you so much for listening. This has been uh, another episode of our division break breakdown, where we talked about the Pacific Division. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for uh, putting this together. It was really a lot of fun. I'm, we missed our second podcast last week, but. Uh, we'll do another one this week. So we'll have two this week. Um, Anyways, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you back uh, later this week. Yeah.